your holy name today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Giving you all praise, all glory, and all honor that you deserve and that much more. Hallelujah. Have your way in this place, Holy Spirit. Have your way, God. Hallelujah. Have your way, God. In every crack, crevice, and corner that this place is made upon. Have your way, Lord God, that we may decrease, that you may increase, Lord God, to do with us what you will, Lord God, breaking chains in every aspect of our life, Lord God. We praise you for it in advance, Lord God, for the things that you've done, doing, and going to manifest this day. For this is the day that the Lord has made. And let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. 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 We just praise the Lord for being here today. Hallelujah for his spirit dwelling on the inside, not just on this physical building, but we brought him with us today. Amen. In the presence and the known presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ standing up inside of us in the form of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but how many know that the Lord is good? He's good. Even when we can't see it, he's good. For we look not at the things that appear. For the things that appear, they're temporal. The things that do not appear, those are the things that are eternal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise God for you, you, and you who have come out to praise the Lord with us, hallelujah, as well as those that are on their way. We thank most of all for the Holy Spirit being here in this place. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We welcome you today. Hallelujah. As we open up our service this morning, we ask that you would stand as we the Old Testament and New Testament scripture will be read in your hearing. Amen. Amen. Psalm 25, verses 14 through 15. When you have it, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it reads, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net and turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me for I am desolate and afflicted the troubled hearts of my <clears throat> the troubles of my heart are enlarged oh bring thou me out of my distress amen, amen. Ephesians chapter number 4 hallelujah starting with the first verse through the 7th verse hallelujah I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace 
according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless God. Hallelujah. Bless God. Bless we come to worship him this morning. Oh, yes. We come to welcome him in this place because oh, yes, he is a great God. He is a mighty oh, yes, God. He is. he is a wonderful Hallelujah. God. He is an awesome God. I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited, yes. Oh, yes. excited to once again be in the Hallelujah. house of the Lord, giving him praise, Thank giving him Lord. worship, giving Hallelujah. him reverence right now yes, in the name God. of Jesus Hallelujah. because Hallelujah. we serve a great God. How yes, many know God. we serve a great God? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. We hallelujah. 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 Oh, you're great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Now let's just all sing that together. How great, how great is our God. Come on and sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great. Is our God. One more time, let's lift that up to the Lord. How great is our God. Come on and sing it with me. Yeah. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. You're the name above all names. You're the name above all names. You are worthy of our praise. And our hearts will sing how great is our God. You're the name above all names. You're the name above all names. Lord, we bless your holy name in this place. You're worthy, you're worthy. Our hearts will sing, our hearts will sing. How great is our God. Come on, let's just tell him how great he is. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. One more time, how great is our God. Hallelujah, Lord, we bless you in this place. You are mighty great God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All will see how great, how great. Is our God. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on and give God praise in this hallelujah. place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your He's a holy worthy. name. He's a worthy. Oh God. He's a worthy. We lift you hallelujah. up, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We ask that you would stand as we go into prayer this morning. Hallelujah. With our prayer request upon our hearts and our minds, let us go and look unto the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord God. Thanking and praising you for one more opportunity, Lord God, 
to come together to lift you up that you may draw all men unto yourself, Lord God. We thank you for that today, Lord God. Giving you all praise, all glory, and all honor, Lord God. We ask that you would have your way in this place, Lord God, like never before. Healing, delivering, and setting people free as we know that you can and you will do, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God, for you are great, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for meeting each and every one of our needs, Lord God. Meeting us at the point of our need, Lord. Hallelujah. For you are what we need you to be when we need you to be it, Lord God. God. You are our everything, and we acknowledge that, Lord Lord God. The Savior of our souls, Lord God. Father, we ask, dear Heavenly Father, that you would touch the shepherd of this house, Lord God. As he brings forth the word, Lord God, in clarity and understanding, Lord God. Move, Lord God, like never before upon his heart, Lord God, in his mind, Lord God. Those things that he speaks to you about in private, Lord God, you said in your word, Lord God, that you will reward him openly, Lord God. And we thank you for that, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Touch each and every one of us, Lord God, as well as those that are on their way. In the name of Jesus, Lord, have your way in this place, Lord God. Do with us what you will as we not only be hearers of your word, but doers. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. You're the name above all names. You're the name above all all name, Lord, you're worthy of, worthy of our praise, and our hearts will sing how great is our God. How many know he's the name above all names? You're the name above. Hallelujah, Lord, we lift you up, mighty God. You are worthy, Lord. Our praise and our hearts will sing how great is our God. Oh, you're a great God, great God. You're a great God, great God. Yes, Lord, you're a great God, great God. You're a great God, great God. You are a great God, great God. You're a great God, great God. You are a great God, great God. You're a great God, great God. Oh Lord, you're a great God, great God. You're a great God. Come on and give Him praise. You're a great God, great God. You're a great God, great God. Oh Lord, you're a great God, great God. You're a great God, great God. Oh, yes, you're a great God, great God. Now listen to this. You are great. You are great. Oh, Lord, you are great. You are great. Hallelujah, Lord, you are great. You are great. Oh, you are great. Oh, yes, Lord, you are great. 
As we continue to do what God has laid for us to do, how God has written out for us to do, and we follow his will, we follow his walk, we know that when the time comes, we are going to say, we want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Sometimes I look in the mirror and be like, what do you want the Lord to say? Whether I look crazy or whether I look good. What do I want the Lord to say about me? Yeah. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you agree with me and you want him to say that to you when you look in the mirror every day. 
Come on, let's just put our hands together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, what do you want the Lord to say? What do you want the Lord to say? Oh, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in the joy of the Lord. Come on and say it. What do you want the Lord to say? the Lord to say oh what do you want the Lord to say well done good faithful servant enter in the joy of the Lord come on give God praise right here can we just do a quick praise break right here Woo! hallelujah hallelujah he's worthy in this place He's yeah. worthy in this place right here. Hallelujah. Come on and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whoa, what do you want the Lord to say? Oh, what do you want the Lord to say? I want him to say, well done. Come on and right there. 
little while to wait Just a little while to labor Till we sweep through the pearly Come on, say just a little Just a little while to stay here Just a little while to wait Just a little while in the past that's always strange Just a little while to stay here Oh, just a little while to wait We got just a little while to labor Till we sweep through the pearly gate Come on and put your hands on it Hallelujah. Woo. Woo. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 At this time, I just want to extend to you the moment of giving hallelujah on my left side right here is our sacrificial offering yeah. and on my right over here is your tithes and offering feel free to dance your way on up here yeah. and give on to the Lord I see yeah. you Janelle just a little while to stay here, oh, just a little while to wait. We got just a little while to labor in this world's sinful state. Oh, just a little while to stay here, just a little while to wait. There is just a little while to labor till we sweep through the pearly gate. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we praise you right now. Hallelujah. I got one more.
far away Rising he justified Freed me forever One day he's coming back One glory up One more time say living Just 
right now hallelujah hallelujah come on and give him the highest praise say hallelujah oh we lift you up today hallelujah Give him the highest praise, sing hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you're worthy of the praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't it something to just worship him in that word? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now 
I tell him he's worthy. Come on, lift him up and say, Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. You know what he's worthy for in your life. Just lift that up to him right now to let him know he's worthy in that area of your life. Lord, you're worthy. Tell him that he's so faithful. Lord, you're faithful. Lord, you're faithful in my heart. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's so faithful, so faithful. Always can depend on him to be wherever you are. Hallelujah. Lord, you're faithful. 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 Lord, you're worthy in this place. Lord, you're Go ahead and say that to him right now. This is a personal thing for you. So you need to go ahead and let him know he's worthy. Right there in that area where you need him to be worthy, where you need him to be faithful, where you need him to show himself strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only you can lift up that worship for what you need. Hallelujah. For the area you need him to be. Now tell him that you adore him, I adore you. Holy Lord, I adore you, hallelujah. I adore you. With everything in me, I adore. I adore, I adore you, Lord, hallelujah, I adore Oh, I adore, I adore you. Hallelujah. 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 You're worthy. You're worthy, God. You're worthy in this place, oh God. Hallelujah. Go ahead and worship him in your own way through the spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. We worship you right now, God. Hallelujah. We receive your spirit in this place, oh God. Hallelujah. We reverence you right now, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Truly, we give honor to God. 
Hallelujah. We thank the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Bear with us as we are in the process of transitioning and equipment and trying to get all the finer things uh, in order and in place. We're just thankful to God for all the things that he's doing, all the open doors, the blessings. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for each and every one of you. Hallelujah. And for those that have tuned in online, uh, We've checked, and they can hear us today. Hallelujah. So we, we are happy about that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for uh, this young gentleman, uh, Anthony Wilson, for being with us. Let's celebrate him. Anyone that knows my heart knows I love an organist. Hallelujah. All the other stuff is good, but there's just something about an organist. Hallelujah. But we thank the Lord for him being with us, and we're looking forward to great things uh, as we continue to move forward. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want, I want to take just a few minutes of your time today and, and talk to you about uh, the mentality of a believer. Come on now. Uh, because the, the mentality of a believer is foundational as related to how you exist in our current life. Everyone here should understand that we are called by the Word of God ambassadors in a strange or foreign land. This is not our home. This is not the end-all to be-all. This is but a place we are passing through. The physical existence is temporal, but the spiritual existence is eternal. And we put a lot of credence and weight upon this temporary period of time 
in our existence that causes us not to enjoy fully what God has given us in this season of life. Amen. We're living in a, a strange times, strange times. I think that uh, arguably uh, many of us would agree that it seems like everything's out of control, whether it's in our city, in our political climate, in our social climate, in our racial climate, in financial climates, in uh, all these different areas that identify humanity, it seems like all of them are just out of control. There's no rhyme or reason to things that are going on. Stuff just seems to be happening. Amen. And if you look at it, spend too much time thinking about it, it will drive you crazy. Because these are crazy times. And for many of us, the devil and our own flesh nature have begun an onslaught upon our minds that we feel we have become lost and we are losing sight of our hope. And it's important as the people of God that we don't allow ourselves to get to a place where we lose ourselves in something that is but temporary. Many of us would really love to be free. Yes. We fight for freedom. Freedom starts in the mind. You cannot be free outside if you are not free inside. Yes, sir. Many of us feel that we've become overwhelmed and we've lost even the hope of freedom. So we ask these questions because the, the Word of God tells us that there is this peace and if we're ever going to be honest with ourselves and be honest in our relationship with God, if you have not yet, you may get to the place where you start asking God, what, what's up? What's up with all this peace that you talk about? What's up with the peace that we read about in the Bible? Uh, the things that we know the disciples went through, yet they were at great peace. Because I'm finding it difficult to find peace in the midst of the turmoil that's in my life. And maybe my turmoil isn't as tumultuous as your turmoil. But it's still frustrating me. We find momentary glimpses of peace at times only to have that peace stolen away by something else that comes up in our life. Some other unexpected event, some other turn that we were not expecting to have to make. And in my relationship with God, I've learned to talk to God. And I've learned to talk to God. Uh, you know, we, we grow in development as we deal with who God is to us. And our conversation with God changes over time. Amen. You know, there's a time when, um, you know, like a little kid, you wouldn't ask the questions why to your parents, at least when I was young. I mean, they, they do now. But uh, when I was young, you just wouldn't ask why. Because typically the answer you got was because I said so. Um, but we developed that kind of same relationship with God. We didn't ask God why. We just dealt with whatever it is. But as we grow in our relationship with God, I believe that God wants us to get to a place where we can feel open to ask him anything. And when you read the word of, of God, you'll find that many that had this level of relationship with God were able to talk to God 
without necessarily worrying about dotting every I and crossing every T. They were just open and honest with God. Some would say brutally honest with God. Whether it was declaring their own weakness or their own inability to do something that God was calling them to do, or it was frust- you know, expressing the frustration that they had with life, the frustration that they had with people, the frustration that they had with themselves. I asked God. I've been talking to God for a long time. And I've asked God, not even just this past week, but in weeks previous and times past, some questions that are directly connected to why it seems so difficult to truly enjoy peace. That, that kind of peace that doesn't matter what I'm going through, I never get to the place where I say, I quit. Now, I may not physically quit, but how many of you understand that you don't have to physically quit something to quit something? Amen. You, you can quit something right up here while you're still physically a part of something or present in something, you're just not altogether there. Amen. And it's because of the, the lack of peace that you have dealing with whatever it is that you're dealing with. So I begin to talk to God and I begin to ask God, you know, what is this? This peace that surpasses all understanding. This thing that you promise us that's supposed to help me get through everything that I've got to get through, everything that I'm doing. Because if I'm honest with you, God, I really want to throw in the towel. It'd be easier for me to just go on and be by myself. Live life, do what I have to do until my end comes. It seems like the harder I try, the worse things get. The more I give the worse things get. The more I open myself and the more I love, the worse things get. And there are times when you just have to talk to God and be open with God because what I have found is that the more open you are with God, the more open God will be with you. So the Spirit of the Lord, as I'm talking to him, in a sense, almost arguing with God about this declaration of this peace that I'm supposed to be enjoying versus my experience, and he took me to the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, the sixth through the ninth verse. I'm going to read this for your hearing today, Philippians 4, 6 through 9, and the word of the Lord says this, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Now, of course, after reading this passage of Scripture, I immediately felt better. I was delivered. I jumped up and I shouted and I gave God glory and praise. Not so much. 
I'm sure that you have that testimony. Well. Not so much. Not so much. To be honest, I was really like, um, yeah, um, that ain't helping, Lord. You know, I, I know that's what your, what your word says, but right now I, I'm having a hard time taking that and applying it to what I'm dealing with. You know, I've tried and I've failed because I've not found that peace that I'm searching for. But even worse, I'm getting livid and I'm getting irritated about the issues of life, about failed relationships, failed finances, failed health, even failed legacy. Where is this peace that you've promised? You promised in your word that I would be at peace and that the God of peace would be with me. I, I just read it. You, you said you would be with me. You are the God of peace. So your peace, if you dwell in me, should be in me. But I'm lost. In a world filled with pain, sorrow, frustration, mistrust, failure, weakness, betrayal, even a sense of hopelessness that will never escape this. So I cried out to God. Started to wonder if he was really taking me serious, if he was listening to me. I know he's there, but is he listening? There are times when I can't help but feel that maybe God has tuned me out. You know, like we do sometimes when our children get on our nerves asking us too many times for the same thing that we've already answered, and they just start sounding like Charlie Brown's teacher. So we just ignore it, and we, and we tune them out, and, and we go on. And we start wondering, does he even see that my lips are moving? Does he not see the tears that are flowing from my face that are coming down uh, like a waterfall out of my eyes? Does he even care about what I am experiencing? When I ask God, where are you? I'm dying for your presence, and I'm dying for your peace. Maybe some of you have felt just like this. Maybe some of you have been where I have been. Those that don't know me will come to know that I'm an open book. There have been times where I felt that God would be better not to shake me in the morning and just let me slumber through the day, hoping that somehow my slumber would allow me to escape the life that is in the day altogether, because as I sleep, I wouldn't have to worry about whatever is going on. But God kept pushing me back to Philippians. He would not let me get away from this passage of Scripture. He told me to read it, and of course, I said I read it. I've read it repeatedly. I've read it so much I can recite it without reading it. What am I supposed to be getting from it? Because obviously, Lord, I, I'm not getting it. I'm missing something. I, I you know, I. I know how to study scripture, but I'm missing something because I'm not getting whatever it is that you're supposedly trying to get me to see. Then God shared this revelation with me, and he told me to share it with his body because his body was suffering even as I was. And this revelation would allow us to live free. How many of you want to live free? Amen. Well, God said... Release this so my people can live free from trouble. 
I got excited. I said, hey, no more trouble. All right, I can't wait for this revelation. He said, no, I didn't say you wouldn't have trouble. I said, I'm going to free your mind from the power of your trouble over the power of the seed of peace that he has planted in us. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor this. Your thoughts will either lead you to peace or to death. Don't let your thoughts betray you. Don't let your thoughts betray you. Because if, if you do, your thoughts will lead you to suicide. Your thoughts will lead you to do, thing, to do things that you never thought that you would ever have the audacity to do. Don't let your thoughts betray you. Hang with me just for a little while. I promise I'll let you go soon. But I want to reveal something that God has revealed to me. And I can tell you this for sure. Today, I'm tasked with opening your mind to a fundamental foundational principle which will lead you to peace and living a life based upon a kingdom mentality. God told me that too many of us are living beneath our station. God told me to teach you this because for some of you, it's going to save your very life. It's going to save the lives of those that are around you, even the ones you want to choke out. Philippians 4 and 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. What is God teaching us here? What is it that he's trying to get us to see? Well, Paul, the instrument of this text, is pointing out four very important things for us to grab a hold of. He starts out actually with a very stern demand upon your thinking. Be careful for nothing. That's something you should underline in the text three or four times. Be careful for nothing. But what in the ham sandwich is that supposed to mean? Well, if we take a deeper look at this, the first part of this verse is actually a command that deals with the process of choice, which is your free will which can only be completed in your mind. God is talking to the process by which you determine how you experience life. We have to understand first and foremost that the experience of life is determined not by life, but by you. God has so empowered you that no matter what happens in life, the stimuli does not determine your response. This is the strange thing. Typically, in creation, stimulus determines the response. A certain stimuli is created to generate a certain response. Uh, if you uh, run your fingers along somebody's rib cage and they're ticklish, that stimuli will cause a response of the tickle feeling. But the amazing thing about God in the creation of humanity, God gave us the ability through the power of his indwelling to step outside of what is normal and become supernormal in the sense that you now are not responsive or controlled by stimuli to only develop a given response. You get to, by the power of choice, determine how you will respond to any given stimulus. 
It's a command. God always starts with a command. And this command deals with your free will. So what is God telling you? God is telling you to stop worrying. But why is worrying so bad? Well, worrying, in actuality, betrays the strength of your faith. You see, when you allow your thoughts to betray you, and they lead you to a place of worry, worry is the manifestation of lack of belief. You have a belief that something opposite of what you would call good. Now, the Bible declares that everything that we go through in life is good, and it will work for our good. So when you worry, you're betraying the very strength of your own faith. God has the power to not only keep you while you're in whatever trouble you're in, but he has the power to deliver you from the trouble that you're in. But I have found that God does not often deliver you physically first. He delivers you mentally first. He delivers you mentally first so that you don't physically return to the very thing that has caused you trouble. You see, too often we have been delivered physically from something for a period of time, but because our mentality was never corrected, when the very same or similar stimulus that caused you to walk in that direction in the first place returns, what happens? You go back to what you had already created in your mind as a pathway to dealing with that crisis. So God has to break the process in your mind, else you will repeat your same trouble. You see, worrying is an action of the mind which gives birth to fear, and fear destroys the knowledge of truth. Well, what is the truth that the enemy is trying to destroy? The truth is the knowledge of who Jesus is, not on the cross, not in heaven, but in you. And the power that he has given to you, over you, because he dwells in you. You see, worrying blinds you from spiritual sight. When you can't see something spiritually, then the reflection of your spiritual blindness is manifested in natural blindness, which causes you to use other things to help you see. You see, if you look at a blind person, you will find that they have to use objects such as dogs or walking sticks or uh, other things to help them see where they're going. And when they lack the help that they need, they can't go anywhere for fear that they will not reach their destination in safety. So they just stay where they are. This is where many of us are at right now. We are afraid to move because we are spiritually blind. I don't know how this trouble has got us stuck in the muck and mire, but we won't take a step out because we cannot see. You see, your worrying has caused you to become stagnant in your progression, and the stagnation is destroying the fabric of your peace. When you don't move, dust settles on you. And when dust settles, it gets heavy after a while because it becomes layered dirt. And dirt gets heavy and thick after you have created your own walking grave because you've buried yourself alive. And then you're wondering why you don't want to get up in the morning. 
You're frustrated with life. You've buried yourself with the cares of life, and you don't want to move uh, out from where you are because you can't see where you're going. And the longer you stay where you're at, the deeper things will get. Paul starts this text, be careful for nothing. Now, we've been talking about contextually applying the scripture so that it can properly work in our life. So we have to understand then what he's saying. Be careful for nothing. What he's saying is be anxious about nothing. This word is derived from a Greek word, medes. It's a strong, it's an emphatic word which gives no room to any other ideology. In other words, there is absolutely no reason or no need to worry about anything whatsoever, period, point blank, drop the mic. Let's look at the four parts of this one verse, which gives insight into this categorical statement, which really is a statement of faith by diagram on how to activate your faith over your trouble. We're going to get free today. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Prayer from the Greek word prosuche. This more represents a place of prayer or a house of prayer. So what we have missed is that our bodies are the temples of God. So then within our body, we must have a place of prayer. Every temple has a place for which you go to pray. The place in the temple that is your body is your mind. We have to go to this place often to pray because when we pray, we release incense to God. You see, your prayers as described by the word of God are like incense to God. They're sweet smelling savor. The idea is that we as believers ought to always be in a place of prayer. So when you're in this place of prayer, speaking to God, all other things lose their power over you because nothing is greater than God. There's absolutely nothing in life, no person in life that has greater power than God. So the greatest power exists in you. The creator of the heavens and the earth exists in you. The one who spoke and out of nothing, ex nihilo, God didn't need anything to make something. God simply spoke and nothing became something substantial. Do you not understand that we as the children of God have the ability to speak in our trouble with nothing and stuff starts to happen. We don't don't need to put the pieces together because when you speak, the pieces will come together on their own because this is the power of God that's dwelling on the inside of you. You see, you have to go to the place of prayer and speak God so that you can loose 
God. What do we typically do? We speak our trouble. We speak our failure. We speak our lack. We speak our sorrow. And then we find ourselves constantly compounded, seemingly daily. Even though the issue hasn't changed, we have magnified it such, given it such power to live in us that it seems it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, even though it hasn't grown one bit. I often tell people that we are creatures created to give life. We cannot bury anything in us for what you bury has to live because you are a creature of life. So whatever you put in yourself is going to live. The first thing that you need to remember is to stop burying yourself, burying in yourself something you want to die. If you want it to die, do not put it in you. You are the source of life. I want you to think about this. God said, I am life. I am breath. He's in you. The Bible declares this life that I live now, I live not by my own power, but by the power of God that is in me. So if I'm living this life by the power of what he is, then whatever I sow in myself has to grow in myself and then produce a harvest first in myself before it can impact anything outside of me. Unfortunately for too many of us is the harvest that we keep or the seed that we keep planting produces the very harvest that we are trying to get away from. Then we, we wonder why it won't leave us alone. We wonder why it seems like no matter what we do, how many times we pray, how many times we talk to God, how many times uh, the ministry lays hands on us, how much oil is laid, poured out on us. That somehow I just can't break myself of this thing. You see, this is why some of the old songs were good songs in the sense that they reminded you something about the power and grace of God working on the inside of you. I got trouble. But the old saints would say, I got a feeling that everything's going to be all right. Oh, tell you why I got that feeling. I, I, I can't tell you how I got that feeling. I can just tell you that I got a feeling. I know that this has happened and this is happening. I know it looks bleak and I, I, I know it looks like it's not going to work and I know it looks like everything is falling apart. I know it looks like I'm broke, busted and disgusted, but somehow I got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. You see, I went to the temple. I went to the temple and I talked to God in the place of prayer and my mentality shifted. Yes. Yes. I began to think in alignment with the very way God thinks. Hallelujah. 
this word prayer is so powerful because it is the exercise of your authority. Prayer is the, this is why the devil don't want you to pray. The devil doesn't want you to pray because when you pray, you are exercising your authority. So when you open your mouth to pray, what you're doing is speaking into the atmosphere of your life and the atmosphere must obey because every word that flows out of the mouth of God shall not return void, but it shall come back prospering in the very thing whereto it was sent. Because it's not I that speaks, but it is the I in me that is speaking. So we begin to speak to our trouble. Uh -huh. Nuh-uh, not this time. Not today. You've been whooping my behind all week, but not today. Today, you're going to have a different result. Hallelujah. We look at this prayer, but Paul doesn't leave it at just prayer, but he talks about supplication. So we look at this word supplication. It comes from the Greek word uh, deasis. This deals with special times of need. You know, those times that many of us are actually in right now. As a matter of fact, we've been in it so long, it, it just ceases to be special. And it seems like it's become common. You have to understand this word is only used when urgency is applied to it. It's more than just a request, but it's like a request from somebody that's on death row. I don't need to just be free, but I need to be free right now. Prayer. Supplication. I need a right now move. When I speak, I need stuff to happen right now. I need to experience what was in the beginning in God when he said, let there be light. Light didn't take its time to show up. Light just showed up. So when I speak into my trouble, I need God to do something right now. Amen. Amen. He says with thanksgiving. He talks about thanksgiving. This is from the Greek word eucharisti. This is directly connected to your past victory through the exercise of your authority in prayer. You see, this is thinking back over your life and seeing how your prayers got you over. I can't tell you why. So-and-so moved and did what they did, which opened a door of blessing for me, which made a way for me. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you, but I can tell you, I called upon the name of the Lord. I looked to the hills from whence cometh my help, and help showed up. So I think back. Connect myself 
to the victory that I have already endured, enjoyed even when I was in tribulation. And I'm persuaded that if God did it before, he sure enough can do it again. So because there's a shift in my mentality, I begin to thank God before I'm free. I thank God while I'm still besieged in my crisis because I know where my help comes from. Hallelujah. I understand that he has the power to deliver me. He has delivered me. I might be in hell right now, but just like the words of that Diana Ross single, I'm coming out and I need the world to know I'm about to let the glory of God show because I'm coming out. I might be in hell right now, but I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. You might be in hell, but you better tell the gatekeeper of hell, you better get out my way because I'm coming up out of here. I might be in despair right now, but I'm coming out. My children might not be what I want them to be, but I'm still coming out. Sickness may have taken hold of my body, but I'm still coming out. Hallelujah. I'm coming out. You should have killed me when you had the chance. You should have took me out before God shook me. You missed your opportunity. When the suicide demon came, he missed his chance. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Paul says, Paul says, make my request known. The devil don't care if you keep talking about your trouble. But when you start talking about your victory, request this is not general but it's specific that's the wonderful thing about God I can be specific 
As a matter of fact, God wants you to be specific. Because when you're specific, not only does he get the glory, but it brings attention to the specific nature of God versus the nature of your trouble. And you are specifically saying that the nature of God is greater than the nature of my trouble. The power of God is greater than the power of my trouble. The drive of God is greater than the drive of my trouble. You see, the devil knows he can't stop us from praying, but he doesn't want you to get specific. But you didn't even know God made you a sniper. You see, the enemy doesn't care if you, if you have a spray and pray mentality. Because anyone that knows anything, when you spray, you rarely ever hit your target. Anyone can spray. <laughs> but God said, I didn't make you a sprayer. I made you a stream. I made you a sniper. You can be right, pointed, and specific. Now watch what God says. Because this is the key to our understanding and our knowledge of what is true. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, it's very important for you to grasp what is going on here because Paul is, you have to understand, we are in warfare. We are in a war for our very life. You are fighting for your eternity. And Paul is talking to us not like civilians, but he's talking to you like soldiers. And he begins to use militaristic terminology to describe what God is doing in the hearts and minds of people who are focused on him. This is keeping a kingdom mentality. What Paul is saying is God will keep you. You see, you see some stuff you got, you, you got to hold on to. See, some stuff you just can't let go of. Some stuff you got to wrap yourself around it. And just never let it go. And that's the way God has you. He says, I will keep you. Never let you go. Never leave your side. I'm going to wrap my arms around you and love you with a love that you cannot escape. I'm going to keep you. When he, when he talks about being kept, he, he's using this very specific 
Greek word phoreo. And this deals with watching in advance. Do you not know that you are prophetic by nature? The God that is not bound by time resides in you. That means you are not limited to just seeing right now. You're not limited to only seeing what has happened. You have the ability to see into your dynamic future. Because he uses a word that deals directly with the ability to see in advance of what you are dealing with. You see, it is referenced the same as an army garrison guarding a city, both the immediate location of the city, but also sending out spies to guard against those who might attempt a sneak attack from a distance. So what God is showing us is that he understands our hearts from the Greek word cardius and our minds from the Greek word naun, which suffer most at the lack of inner tranquility. But God declares, I promise to guard both your heart and your mind. God shared with me that he promises, but we have a part in accessing this wonderful gift of God protection. You see, just like anything being guarded, you can allow yourself to be guarded or you can duck and hide from your covering. You can allow yourself to be guarded or you can duck and hide, bob and weave from your protection detail. Watching movies as I do, movies that deal with people that have personal security who's responsible for not just watching them, not just seeing what they can't see, not just knowing what they don't know, but preventing them from making mistakes or putting themselves in right position for destruction. But every movie I've watched, when you have something like that in play, what does the protected person always seem to do? They always find a means to escape their protection. They step outside. Why? Because I want to do what my protection won't allow me to do. Too often in the body of Christ, we step outside of the protective plan of God. 
because we think we see something or know something or 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 called to something that God has not yet released in your life. And what we do is invite hardship into our very being. We invite hardship. Everything that God does, God does in decency and in order. And it never seems to be the way you thought it out or the way you think you see it. It never seems to function like that. But God will never usurp your authority to do it your way. But he promises if you do it his way, you will not deal with the stuff you're dealing with. And the stuff you're dealing with will have not any power to affect the quality of life that you live. When you put your hope, your trust, and your faith in God and declare that I will not move, I will not move lest the Lord declare something. And when God says something, there won't be question as to whether or not it's said. Let me move to my close. I think I've been preaching about six minutes. <laughs> Finally, brethren, uh-huh. whatsoever things are true, yes. whatsoever things are honest, yes. whatsoever things are just, uh-huh. whatsoever things are pure, yes. whatsoever things are lovely, yes. whatsoever things are of good report, If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Because the ability to access the promises of God's peace are directly connected to your thought life. Your access to the peace of God is connected to how you think. When the demonic power of suicide begins to speak, it cannot force you to kill yourself. But you make a conscious choice to align yourself with what it says is the way of peace. I don't know who this is for, but somebody that's listening needs to hear this. The the voice of the enemy that's telling you it's better for you to just be dead 
is lying to you. And I know why. Because God just told me, if you live just a little bit longer, you are going to disrupt stuff that the devil wants to do. The devil wants you out of the picture because you are messing with his plan. So he's trying to abort you before you realize your potential, before you recognize your power, before you exercise your authority, before you open your mouth to declare what God puts on your lips to declare. He wants to take you out because if you speak it, he's done for. So he's trying to kill you. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to get you to look at your life. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of a God like that to love me. I'm not worthy. I can't look at myself in the mirror, let alone righteous and holy God look at me I'm ashamed of what I've become I'm ashamed of what I've done it's better for me to not be here and all the while Jesus is saying before the foundation of the world, I saw you. Before the foundation of the world, I spoke into your very being. Before the foundation of the world, I qualified you for my calling. Before the foundation of the world, I sanctified you for my presence. Before the foundation of the world, I made you worthy. Everything that you believe separates you from God, God has already dealt with. He's already dealt with it. Because his desire is to never be out of your presence. This is why the enemy hates you so much. Of all the angelic hosts, of all the angelic hosts, Lucifer was the only one that was around God continually at all times because it was his responsibility to reflect the glory of God 
into all of creation, everywhere God was. And because God is everywhere, Lucifer had the ability to reflect the glory of God everywhere. But when he was cast out of heaven, he was cast into the presence where everywhere the glory of God is reflected. You see, the devil, he wants you to die because you look too much like Jesus. He's upset because you are now what he once was. The very image, reflection of God. There's no condemnation for you. There's no reason to throw in the towel. Because victory is your portion. There's no reason to quit because the race has already been won. You're more than a conqueror. You are more. As a matter of fact, you are unbelievably, undeniably great. But you have to know this for yourself. You have to believe this for yourself. This is what God wants you to understand about who you are and why in trouble you can still be at peace. I asked God why he let me cry. And he told me, son, weeping may endure for the night. Oh, but joy comes in the morning. You might be in your night season right now, but God said close your eyes because morning is coming. Morning is coming. Morning is coming. So then, putting everything into perspective, I don't have the time to get into the six things that he talks about thinking. We'll get into that another time, but When you put your trouble, your fear, your weakness, your worry, your defeat in perspective to who you are in Christ, it loses its ability to tell you who you are. And I simply believe what God says that I am. 
and just simply accept the truth of what God has spoken over my life. And I will not go to the left or to the right of it because heaven and earth will pass away. But the word of God shall remain. It cannot be removed. It cannot be forsaken. For God himself watches every word. The peace of God is your portion. And not only is it your portion, but it is already in you. You don't have to conjure it up. You don't have to go somewhere to go find it. You don't need to hook up with somebody to get it. Jesus said that I have sown my peace in you. Allow the seed that I've planted to reproduce after its kind. Peace, beginning peace, beginning peace, beginning peace, beginning peace peace, beginning peace, and every time the enemy comes to shake your confidence, you respond in peace. And you'll find that the enemy will leave you alone. He will leave you alone. You know, the spirit of suicide cannot stay with you when you've accepted that you are the embodiment of life. Because you are the embodiment of life, you are in direct contradiction to the spirit of death. And it has no domain. It has no authority. It has no space to move. Death cannot move where life is, just like darkness cannot exist where light is. The life of God is in you. Tap into it. Speak it over yourself. Talk to it. Release the authority in your crisis. Hallelujah. 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 I say to you today, I've been asking God since COVID and, and, and us coming back to church, I've been talking to God about getting back to the way we worship. And out of nowhere, You begin to think you're relegated to CDs, but out of nowhere, out of nowhere, when you allow yourself to see in advance, you will always realize God always has a ram in the bush. 
GMFC, it's morning time! It's morning time in your life! Your weeping is over! It's morning time. Hallelujah.